Flying Field Outfitters is a fly shop and guide service located in Bend, Oregon. We specialize in fly fishing the Lower Deschutes River, Cascade Lakes, the Crooked River, the Fall River, and many other fisheries in the area. Tune into our podcast for updates on fishing reports, techniques, tactics, and fishing stories. Alrighty. Greetings, everyone. I'm sitting here with Kevin Hoare, our Director of Finance and Operations, and also the gentleman reorganizing the guide service this year. So, say hello, Kevin. Hello, Kyle. How are you oh, doing? I'm supposed to say hello, Kevin. <laughs> You're supposed to, to make hello. it funny. Well, yeah. happy St. Patrick's Day, buddy. This Thanks. is a favorite day of the year. You too. One of many. It's a beautiful day out. St. Patrick's Day, sunny, clear beautiful um no more technical difficulties which is great until the next ones come so yeah let's uh we had previously talked in a different episode about uh our camp trips on the lower deschutes river Uh, since then we've had quite the changes come to the guide service and reorganization new guides new bagger new chef a lot of new fun exciting things especially for you um and the rest of staff here is there let's just jump into it uh, yeah. kind of start at the bird bird's eye level of what's new and what the camp trip is where you're going what we're doing all that yeah there's a lot of amazing new things that have happened and i would say um first off is you know being able to be here full-time at the fly shop that's been wonderful uh for the last 16 years i've side hustled as a fishing guide really with the focus on the camp stretch which is between trout creek and up river of Mar- Maupin at Harpham Flats. It's about 34, 35 miles of, of river that we float through that stretch. And uh, last June I came on as the director of finance and ops for the shop, which is really, I don't know, for me it's a dream job. Uh, I've been working a long time to, to make this happen to where you know um, we'd be with this team and in a full-time capacity as well. Uh, and I get to do kind of see, oversee a lot of uh, aspects of the business but the beauty is I also get a chance to continue to side hustle as a fishing guide uh, and the fo- my focus is um, on not the upper lakes but mostly on this stretch of water uh, our camp stretch so we have had some turnover which does happen in as anybody knows in the outfitting outfitter business people you know move on to other uh, adventures as they typically get older you know it's a lot of our guides are in that mid-20s 20 year old range and you know they just sometimes they decide to most of the time they decide to go on and do other things which is really a great opportunity for them hopefully through uh, what we've done at the shop we've helped them become more professional in what they do better hosts better customer service etc um, and then this year we're we're fortunate enough to find a great uh, a really good hire. We call him a bagger, but really it's the it's our camp host. So the the person that's running gear for us, the bagger, runs uh, takes all our equipment down and gets us a camp spot before uh, we show up, so we can fish all day and don't have to worry about getting a place to sleep at night, which is really nice. So they run down river, they find a camp for us, and then they go set up the camp which is really wonderful because as the day, so we meet at the, we meet our guests um, at the shop, at the fly shop, uh, get everything we need, and then we go to the river and meet the, and hand all our gear off that we're not going to be using for the day to our bagger. And they run down river and, um, and set up all the tents. So what's cool is during the day when we fish, we don't have to worry about where we're going to sleep at night. And 
we get to fish our tails off. And then as we come into camp, it's a really neat experience of we've got a camp host. So our camp host meets us at Riverside as we pull in, um, greets guests, and then takes them uh, through a walkthrough for the camp. And the camp consists of tents, um, very livable, wonderful, large tents with cots, sleeping pads, sleeping bag. You know, your home is set up and it, it truly is the ultimate glamping atmosphere. Uh, and we make it better every single year. And then this year with the with our, our bagger is a professional chef. If anybody knows in Bend, um, 900 wall, it's a high-end fine dining establishment. He has worked there. Uh, his name's Sean, has worked there for uh, many years and then moved away and then has come back, worked in a pizza kitchen down in uh, uh, Sun River. So has a wonderful, uh, he is an absolute outstanding chef. I've already had some of his brisket that he cooked us for a training trip that we did and it was to die for. But so Sean will take you around to, all you, to he'll show you your bedroom. Uh, the living room, of course, is the most beautiful living room ever because it's the river. And then he's got the kitchen set up with everything to go. Uh, when it's hot out, we usually have a dining shade for shade, so it's always very comfortable. When it's cold, we've got a, a dining tent that we eat dinner in. Everybody eats dinner together, so it's a really great opportunity to dine with our guests, tell lies, I mean fishing stories, and, um, and also just to have great camaraderie, kind of take a deep breath from the real world. Um, and then, uh, and, and so that's really the camp piece. It's the, the ultimate glamping experience. And then sometimes, depending on our guests, you know, we'll bring down uh, camp games like washers or horseshoes or uh, bocce, which is really fun to have some really, some, some camp life as well. So it's not always fishing. I think that sometimes the fishing gets overshadowed a little bit by the, the camp life that can happen. And what we've seen, I've seen through the years is as people come into camp, there's a, a relaxation that happens. They don't have to, our guests don't have to be in charge of anything. They don't have to put up their own tents. They don't have to, all they do is, you know, they, they know where their home is, where their bedroom is for the night. And they know where, you know, the bar is set up the, or the water station, you know, everything is set up for them, which is really fun. Uh, yeah, you just roll off, roll off the drift boats <laughs> into camp. You got some hors d'oeuvres ready for you. Exactly, and yeah, exactly. So we roll off into camp, and typically we arrive as appetizers are hitting, uh, hitting the table, and we do a four course uh, dinner with appetizers. We typically do some sort of salad, uh, a main course, and then dessert as well. And all of those. Items are changing and seasonal, so we're using seasonal vegetables. Our proteins are locally sourced, um, and so we're always we're trying to it really with that camp trip over the years. We've really focused on how can we not only because we are a local shop, we want to shop locally for all of our um, produce and proteins that we that we deliver. Um, and what's neat about so that's dinner and it's wonderful and we get it after dinner sit around um to share camp time uh if it's fire season uh or time when we can have a fire we'll have a campfire it may be a propane grill or we bring down wood just kind of depends on um the, the weather and then and when it's when we don't have um when we can't have fires down there, we, we try to find some sort of, you know, redneck TV to watch, which is either staring at the stars or, 
uh, you know, just enjoying each other's company around camp, which is great. Yeah, yeah, and the, the fire season's what, June 15th through October 15th? Typically? Yeah, so unfortunately it's way too long of a fire season, and I wish we could, I wish, you know, we can. Sometimes propane fire pits will work, uh, but they have a lot of stipulations around, so typically we just, through that fire season, you know, the local ranchers don't love it if they do drive by. Some of the camps have, like, private property or by private property. They get pretty grumpy. So we want to really respect uh, those ranchers. Um, I come from an old ranching family, family in Burns. And so really, you know, we're there as guests of the river and guests of those those ranchers to make sure that we will take care of their home and their property and the, just the great outdoors. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely very important. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's a little bit more about Sean. So okay. Sean, I think he he spent some time working in the fishing industry also for well. lodges in Montana. Exactly. Um, what kind of stuff what kind of food and other accoutrements, um, if you will, can you know, guests expect on the river? Well, what essentially, you know, um, what we're looking the kind of food you can expect is that we're trying, we're going for that three-star Michelin uh, award of the outdoors. And Sean has worked, I, I believe it's like a big horn uh, lodge in Montana. And so he has a lot of experience with fly anglers and also cooking food outside, making that food uh, definitely look, you know, three-star Michelin, which is the highest Michelin award you can get if you're in the restaurant industry at all or have been around it. And it's absolutely, it's anything, I mean... That he has he has meal plans set up that I'm like I don't even know what it is but it just sounds good and just <laughs> makes my mouth water. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great, and he's really fun. He's a really enjoyable person to be around. Uh, you know, just always really wonderful with the guests and with us that we're guiding for him. Super great nice. guy. Yeah, and he also does some walking wade trips and uh, other guide trips as well. He's so he multifaceted. Yeah, multifaceted <laughs> in the business, which is awesome. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about one other thing that you know Sean has mentioned a little bit, where we can't provide the actual alcohol on these trips just mm -hmm. due to uh, OLCC regulations. But exactly. Sean also has bartending experiences, right? So he could help assist our guests with creating you know, next level cocktails, if you will, on the river, right? Absolutely. And I think that that's part of the communication that happens between our guests and uh, guests and the fly shop and Sean, that what do you, what are your favorite drinks? And then we'll, we can have those, we can make those for you. We set up a really neat little bar if, if that's what you do, if that's, if you partake and we make those drinks for you. So we can, he can do what, really kind of whatever you want and with a little special flair. You know, even with our our hope is that you, you let us know what you want and then we make it better than expectations even, which yep. is easy to do out in the outdoors. It's wonderful. We've got, and we have the skills to do it, which is fun. Yeah, you told me about one drink he was messing with, with burnt juniper. So, sounds delicious. Was that his Manhattan with burnt juniper? <laughs> sounds ridiculous. Sounds amazing. <laughs> sounds like I need to book a trip. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, can you... Uh, Let's talk about uh, the fishing opportunities for camp. So oh, are we gotcha. running camp all year? Are we running at certain times of year, different right. seasons for fishing? Let's just kind of talk about that a little right. bit. It's so easy just because how our camp's set up to talk about the camp and how wonderful it is, the camp life. But yes, the fishing is outstanding in that stretch. The reason it's so outstanding is that um, it's boating only uh, for the camp spots. 
which means that we you, you've got to get a river permit and you've got to go down there so um, in order to get there so it, the the capacity is pretty cons is consistent but the fishing is wonderful so what we're coming up right now on is um, salmon fly season so before between the opener and salmon fly season it it sort of is a jack that river's a jack of all trades um, then we've had march browns sometimes we'll have green drakes that'll come off sometimes you know maybe we have some early stone flies that come off but mayflies midges that's going to happen and then all of a sudden those salmon flies start moving around and you know it's easier to nymph form a little before the salmon fly for the fish using uh, salmon fly nymphs and then as soon as that salmon fly season starts it's going to last anywhere between based on the weather and water temp about three to six weeks which is pretty neat and it moves in that stretch it moves from the lower river which is a little bit warmer usually it's about right around 55 degrees those those salmon flies uh, start to migrate and move up into the, the grass and then fly and then so the water's colder upriver and and then so which is wonderful and it's really busy during that time of year um, guiding it, it it can be a touch hectic uh, but it's really easy you see some the the takes are just absolute from the fish are fantastic and and big slashes at the flies etc after after salmon fly there's kind of a little bit of a lull when the fish kind of they've they've already been fed they've eaten all they want and we move into caddis and that's typically your first hot spell in june uh first you know three hot days where it's about 80 degrees or so uh ambient temperature that those caddis start popping and the fish it's it's really cool that's my favorite time to be down there because there's a, a little there's really less people down there it's kind of in between rafter season it's after salmon fly and the fish love caddis it's and awesome it's so much fun and the the takes are slow slurpy takes and micro eddies and back eddies and then you know in the evenings they'll rise in riffles and runs and pocket water and it's so much fun fishing i that's where it's a it's more technical the the fly's a little smaller but man, is it so much fun to see those those eats for caddis. And then throughout the summer, it changes, and we switch over to get pale morning duns in, in uh, uh, July and August. Uh, PMDs, we've got blue wings, we've got caddis. There's still, we can still nymph um, using snow and flies. It just has kind of all of it. You know, most of the fishing, kind of the better fishing is in the mornings and evenings, um, which is really neat. Yeah, that's... Caddis is my favorite. What about fall? Okay, fall. Let's talk about fall. Yeah, fall. Usually, so, but just going back, you know, we are using all techniques. So we've got Euro nymphing techniques using with a bobber, uh, dry fly, dry dropper. So we're using all of those techniques throughout the season. Kind of in September is when things turn over in that stretch. That's when fish, the, the steelhead move into the system in the lower river. And then right around mid September, the steelhead are up all the way to Pelton Dam. So we've got enough steelhead to feel comfortable swinging flies and nymphing for steelhead. And if you want to, I mean, we're, we're, not, a, uh, we're not against it. If you want to throw a blue fox form on a spinner, you've got to bring your own gear for that. But hey, you know, have it in the boat. I'm cool with it. I, it's something that we do as well. Um, we kind of call it the clean, the cleaner. Uh, <laughs> kind of cleans up, or what is it, the, the pinch hitter. Yeah. Not the pinch hitter. What's the what's the person in baseball? The 
I wasn't a baseball player. I'm not a sports guy. Yeah. I think <laughs> pinch hitter, that's a word. I don't word. think it's a pinch hitter. It's the person, the cleanup hitter. That's the cleanup hitter is the old blue fox. But, yeah, it hits the grand but so Yeah, exactly. But in September is really cool because we can swing flies in the morning. And then we fish typically target trout in the midday. And then in the evening, we go back to swinging flies. And that happens from September, October, and November. Uh, where in November, November 1st, we can't target, you know, that's when we really start targeting just mostly steelhead. Once you get to mid-October, it's pretty much people are swinging and or nymphing for steelhead all day long because there's enough of them in the system. And you'll pick up uh, trout as well. But I also, in October, I love fishing um, for trout. So it's kind of a neat piece where we can still have it all. It's a have it all situation in September and October where November, it really turns over to the diehard steelheader. Uh, the days are shorter, uh, in terms of daylight. And so, you know, you only have enough time to swing a run in the morning, run down to the next spot or your camp water, and then swing before, uh, as much time as you can before dark. Maybe you get a couple spots in there where you can swing during the midday. But, you know, that's sort of, that is the season of the camp trip, which is, I mean, all of that is absolutely wonderful. And that's why I've always been down there. The solitude of it, you know, we, there's not a lot of cell phone coverage, if any at all. And so you get away from, you know, you can put the real, the real world, which isn't all that important on hold, uh, for a couple days. And I would say like a lot of people have, you know, we usually three days seems to work well, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I, the four day trip is the bread and butter of what we do because we have an opportunity. We can either move camp, uh, all, all those days. So we have three different camps or the option to have a layover day is huge. Uh, and what we found, what I've, I've found through the years is that that layover day gives people opportunity. We get great camp water and we can, we can walk from camp and it's just a little bit slower pace gives people the opportunity to really decompress from life, uh, gives them a chance to slow down and reset kind of what's going on. And that's such a great opportunity for us to, to connect with our guests and really for our guests to connect with themselves, uh, the great outdoors and, and go back home uh, a, a better person, honestly, uh, from what I've seen. And it's the, that four-day stretch is the, the four-day camp trip is the, if you're gonna book a trip, just plan for that fourth day. It's so wonderful, and you really come away from the trip just relaxed. You feel like you've gotten your fill, so you can go back and, and charge in the real world. It's true, yeah. It's an amazing place. I always love getting down there. Want to be down there more. No cell phone service is a special thing these days. <laughs> it's so, the past. Yeah, well, that's a pretty good overview, I would say, of the camp and... If anyone has any questions, of course, feel free to reach us on the phone, by email, on the website, social media. Basically, you can get a hold of us anywhere you'd like to. Yeah, so. and feel free to give me a call. I mean, I'm probably not going to give much more uh, better information than on this podcast about, but I'll probably it'll be on the what's happening on the week. Give me a shout and let's let's um, let's plan a trip and we'll make it really fit kind of what your experience, what you're looking for. We have people that have never touched a rod on that trip to people that are very experienced anglers that just want to go down there they may not have a boat and so we safely take them down there and all of our guides we have swift water experience for everybody has first aid cpr training um we've all had lots of hours and reps rowing through that water to keep everyone safe yep 
That's great. Yeah. Good point. Thanks, Kev. Appreciate it. Thanks, yeah. Kyle. Talk to you guys later. Thank you for tuning into the Flying Field Outfitters podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and stay tuned for new episodes coming out. If you have a request for a podcast, please reach out to Kyle at flyingfield.com. Thanks again for tuning in and have a nice day. We'll see you on the water.